beards, cats, and indie game audio. Check, check, check. Check. You're the level guy. Basically. Oh, yeah. Because I can't. Check, check, check. If I'm actually talking to the mic, I can't look at the thing. Uh, you're actually looking pretty good. Good, good? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty That's pretty sweet. All right, sweet. I have to make sure I'm not just getting dinged here. I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGlattery. This is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. So, uh, episode 28. We're 28? back again. May 2016. Yep. If uh, you go by the Gord <laughs> system of keeping track of episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm the number guy. I'm counting the numbers. You're just, whatever. It's May. It's May. Just us? No guests this time? Yep. So, I don't know if that's a good or bad. You can stop now. <laughs> <laughs> You're sick or, of us. Or not. <laughs> um, so, something we decided we wanted to talk about, because you were feeling some of this lately. Maybe. And I know I've certainly been through periods of this. Yeah, and and it came up when we were talking about uh, talking with Jen last month as well. Yeah, uh, is burnout. Burnout. So there's, I think there's like generalized understanding of what burnout is. Yeah, and then there's probably a more, you know, doctoral, yeah, version which so, we don't know about. Right. So we're not talking about crunch. No, but. Crunch can lead to burnout. Yeah. But you can be working totally regular person, normal hours, not overworked, and still get burnout. Yeah. So, like, what would you, as a layman, right, like, characterize it as? A dispassion for what I'm doing. Yeah. A just a general, like, down feeling. Not excited about what I do. Not, not even not excited, but, like... I don't want to do this. Right. So I it's don't not, want to be doing whatever I'm doing. I don't want to be doing this anymore. So it's not even just, I'm it's not even going, it. it's not even just like going through the paces anymore. It's yeah. like actively. It's like I'm depressed about this. Yeah, right, 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 right. Okay. So as a layman, that's what I kind of think about it. So you, you uh, through the power of the internet, looked up some stuff. I looked up the proper ones, yeah. according to Wikipedia, who is also not a doctor, but um, okay, so. It plays so well we got phases. I, like, I don't want to just go through a Wikipedia article on a podcast because <laughs> you can do that on your own. Um, and But the thing I noticed, because yeah. I read this before, yeah. is that the o- occupational burnout, which I think is a lot of the time associated with, you know, office working and or just like doing other jobs too hard where you're working for other people and they're working you too hard. Yes. I, it's different from when you were like running your own company. I yeah, think. and there's creative burnout. That's a is that that's, that's a thing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. A, like a a version of burnout. Is you know, is as in the creative field, mm-hmm. people talk about creative burnout. Yeah, so 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 yeah, I I wanted to talk about it because I feel like I've been courting it a little bit. Yeah, I don't think I'm in there yet. Even like looking at the symptom list, yeah. I'm like fifty percent. Yeah, but it has been like work has been harder. So what's the really quick sum up the Wikipedia list just Wikipedia you know, list we don't want to go through the whole without, thing without reading them yes okay number one there's phases first phases of burnout yeah but the the like characterizations of it the general characterizations and this is occupational burnout specifically mm-hmm. uh, is characterized characterized by exhaustion and I'll just put a little check mark behind the ones I'm feeling <laughs> yeah 
Um, exhaustion, check. Lack of enthusiasm, maybe like a half check. Yeah. Uh, motivation, half check. Uh, feelings of ineffectiveness, maybe a check sometimes. Yeah. Um, and also have dimension of frustration or cynicism. Yeah. Uh, no check. Um, well, frustration, but that's just work. Yeah. And as a reduced result, reduced efficacy within the workplace. And I do feel like I have been a little bit less effective than usual. Yeah. Because it's just been kind of hard to get out of bed in the morning sometimes. Yeah. The past uh, few days. Because it's not as much I've been doing it for a long time. It's because it's I've been doing it a lot. Yeah. A lot of stuff for a long time. Yeah. Really long days for a long time. And that's also kind of all that I can see ahead of me. Yeah. So that's, that's like, what's kind of weighing on me. Yeah. That's where the, like, crunch can really lead to burnout. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's not a long, necessarily a long period of time, but it's that concentrated effort all in one area. Like, basically, you're just doing one thing. Yeah. Like, for long hours, and, like, you wake up, and that's what you do. And you go to bed, and you wake up, and that's what you do. Yeah. You know, that burns you out, for sure. Yeah. And... Well, I think there there are other factors for me is that it's a, I really don't want to fail my devs. Yeah, and that's just a, that's a, just a huge fear. Yeah, um, that is kind of never goes away. Um, so those are the symptoms, and then apparently there are phases. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it ends with. What does it end with? <laughs> like death, explosions. You explode if you. It's burnout. Yeah, it's like you just immolate. <laughs> just spontaneously combust. Hence the name. Burnout. Burnout. Uh, phases. One, the compulsion to prove oneself. Working harder. Yeah. Um, so you work harder because you feel like you need to prove yourself. Yeah. Uh, neglecting their needs. I've been doing that. Yeah. A lot. Definitely, like, have not been to the dentist in years. Yeah. Um, and even even Caitlin brought up, she's like, you haven't been doing the dishes or, like, feeding the cats or... Right. You, you haven't been taking care of yourself as well as you do. Yeah. Um. Uh, displacement of conflicts. Uh, I'm just, this is just Gord's self-evaluation. Yeah. I, have, I don't feel like I have a lot of conflicts. Um, revision of values. This one, I think, happens to a lot of people. Yeah. So this is where you, and this is what, like, tears families apart, mm -hmm. is where you're, you prioritize work over everything. Yeah. And that feels like, a to you, that feels like a leg legitimate thing to do. Yeah. You're like, this makes sense that I prioritize, like, I'll, why don't you understand this? Yeah. If you start prioritizing work stuff over family holidays. I think it's that, too. It's that, that change of change of that. So yeah. it's like you start working. You're like, hey, I value my family time. I'm going to devote, you know, half yeah. my time to my family and half my time to work. And then you're like, well, now i got to devote 80% of my time to my work. And, like, you know, my family should under understand that I have to do this. And Look, be, oh, because the because you're doing it for them, though, yeah. right? So yeah. that is it is a very very difficult. It's 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 harder than just saying I'm going to cordon off this time for my family, because like if you 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 feel like if you didn't do this stuff, then your family would suffer. Yeah. So I can see why it happens. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely guilty of that one though. Like work is like pretty much trumps almost everything. Yeah. However, my family seems to really understand that because. We're in Vancouver in a very competitive industry, yeah. <laughs> and it's hard. Um, denial of emerging problems. Yeah, I could see that happening. <laughs> like, it's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, like, like the ball is rolling down the hill towards the house, and we're going to ignore it. 
Um, uh, withdrawal, so minimal, like, so you start, you stop being social. Yeah. Stop hanging out with your friends. I do that for sure. Um, obvious behavioral changes. I, I couldn't answer that one for myself. <laughs> um, so you just start acting weirder. Yeah. I guess if you've. So, well, you're not being social, so I'm not seeing you, so I can't say if you're making behavioral yeah, exactly. changes. Yeah. Um, depersonalization. That one sounds complicated. Uh, you lo- oh, so that's like bringing yourself down. Mm-hmm. So you no longer see yourselves as valuable. Mm-hmm. See yourself as valuable to others. Uh, that one's sad. Jeez. Um, uh, I kind of feel like that just kind of feels like it falls into the whole imposter syndrome thing. So that's yeah. <laughs> that one's not new for me. <laughs> it's also bigger than that. I think yeah. that's when you're in that when when you get when you are getting really burnt out and you start getting depressed because that's totally part of it. Yes. And that depression starts to like eat away at your self-worth and then you become super like I'm not, you know, I'm no good, like I just have to work harder because I can't do this as well as I need to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can't do this cuz I'm no good at this anymore. Right, right. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. Yeah. Um and uh, inner emptiness. That one's that one's not even clinical. Wikipedia. That doesn't sound Wikipedia clinical at all. That's just it's. They feel empty inside and may exaggerate activities such as overeating or sex to overcome these feelings. That's just a. That's a pretty deep problem. Um, I'm not there yet. I still love what I do. I still feel very very attached to what I do. Yeah. Um, then there's, okay, so I can see how these stages are definitely, I can see how they are phases. Yeah. I wonder, it, it can't just always go in this order. No. I no. don't think, I, I, we're, we're talking, this is a soft science here. Yeah, um, I think there's, I think you can, I haven't read the article, but to me, those are all sorts of things that you can have more or less of. Yeah. Like, they're all, like, phases that wane. And, you know, at some point you're going to be like, I've got a whole bunch of these really badly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you can have a bunch of those things going on at once. Totally. It's not oh, just, yeah. No, I think this is a, these compound. They yeah. don't, they don't yeah. switch out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and then after, after inner emptiness, if that doesn't <laughs> describe depression, the next phase is depression. Yeah. So that includes you're exhausted, hopeless, indifferent, meaning life has no meaning. I don't know. A lot of us have been depressed before. We're all familiar with this, um, and then uh, and then the last phase is burnout syndrome. So that sounds clinical. Yeah, um, you collapse physically and emotionally. You need immediately immediate medical attention. Oh, so this geez. is like a full mental breakdown. Well, um, in extreme cases, suicidal ideation may occur, with it being viewed as an escape from their situation. And sometimes people commit suicide. Right. So this is serious stuff. Yeah, I have never. Never got that burnt out. Yeah, me either. Totally. I have, I've had mild stages of burnout, I would yeah. say. Tearing the but like, I, but more I could clinical version of definitely it. Definitely see that happening eventually. If we're talking crunch after crunch after crunch, yep. and you're just not sleeping enough, yep. like that could absolutely be a serious situation. Um, and I think there's um, there's kind of like... Long term, I was just thinking about it, and I was reading some articles about creative burnout. Um, and there's sort of like, to me, there's long term and short term burnout. Yeah, you know, 
there's there's maybe you crunch a whole bunch in a month and you're just like you're burnt out from that. Yeah, and that could just be and you need a, a small period of time to rebound from that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then there's like maybe you just work at uh, the same kind of game. You don't you don't work crazy hours. But mm-hmm. You just work eight hours a day for three years on the exact same kind of game over and over, and you're just you can get you get burned out from that because you know there's your creativity is completely sapped because you've you know you've done your like ten thousandth you know whatever game yeah yeah and you're like that is you you did 10,000 match three games in a row Mm -hmm. you're just like oh my god yeah and that's why you hear people like jen last month said it took a while after after the triple a scene doing the same thing for a long time to like learn to love sound again because i think people people decide and i've worked with other people that this has happened to yeah where they they thought they didn't like sound anymore, or they right. did, they thought that they didn't like like the umbrella art form that they had grown a passion for anymore. Yeah. When really they just didn't like that one thing anymore. Right. Within it, I um, actually just hate doing crowds. Yeah. You just don't want to cut crowds anymore. <laughs> Guess what? That's not all of sound. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like when I when I left EA, I was on my fourth. Need for Speed in a row on the PSP, mm-hmm. and I was, I was just, I was very burnt out on racing games. It was yeah, just like this is just the same thing over and over. I'm just tweaking tiny little incremental gains of like it's no nothing new and big creatively. It's just this same thing. I'm gonna do the same thing for another year. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm. What's I was getting frustrated of just like what's the well, point? Well, there's just it's not. It's it, never the exciting, amazing job you thought it was going to be. I don't care what the job is. Yeah. Like, it's never just, like, sunshine and rainbows. It's work. That's why other people are, like, like that's why you're <laughs> doing it and other people aren't a lot yeah. of the time. Um, well, well, there's also, there, there are two types of jobs, I think. But, um, not it, like, it's never quite what you expect. Totally. It's still the best job ever. Yeah. In my opinion. I think there's a, I think there's a balance between the grunt work. Mm-hmm. And the, like, fun and exciting stuff. Yeah. And every game should have some grunt work and some fun and exciting stuff. And you shouldn't dump— And if, if you're doing the same game year after year, yeah. that excitement, exciting stuff gets smaller Becomes and smaller. Grunt, grunt and work. it's just more and more grunt work. And mm-hmm. then you're like, now this whole thing feels just like grunt work. And yeah. this is just, you know, sapping all my creativity. Well, and that's why I feel it's important, now that I am an employer as well— is yeah. to not dump all the grunt work on one person, which a lot of employers do. Yeah. They're just like, here's here's the new guy. Let's and give him all the bad stuff. Right. Um, like, I could do that if I wanted. Yeah. But I don't. You're the I'd junior pref- person. Yeah, like, I'd prefer M to, like, have... Like, I hired her because she has a creative voice. Yeah. And I want that to be... The, to come through the same people same with you know getting the people that I got to join Clay as yeah. getting more sound people I'm like I don't want to keep all the fun and exciting stuff to myself and give the, the other guys just yeah the, here's a spreadsheet here's knock the boring, yourself out yeah I, I've, I love spreadsheets I've, I've come up with all of this, the creative <laughs> stuff to do and kept the good parts to myself so here just do the crummy parts you except know. except I love spreadsheets so that was like a bad example well then you're a sound guy it's yeah. like so <laughs> that's never a like any most sound people are like ooh spreadsheets ooh spreadsheets <laughs> I can learn some simple simple formulas um so I I started looking at 
um, some a bunch. Of, there's a whole ton of articles out there about creative burnout, mm-hmm. which I think is totally relevant. Like nothing audio specific, but it's like it's not about that. It's just we're, we're all doing creative things, right? So all of these like creative graphic design, creative art, like all of that stuff is totally valid for what we're doing. Yeah, like it's it's um, so. Uh, I took a couple of notes from a bunch of the stuff that seemed to be a common thread through a lot of a lot of stuff that I was quickly reading, um, and it seems really like common sense, a yeah. lot of it. But the thing is, you need to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's like, and that's the oh, really if you want to be healthy, exercise. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Ooh. dumb. Of Duh. course, duh. <laughs> Exercise is hard. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the things was do different things. Yeah. So find ways to like break things up and do different. Like, you know, if you're a freelancer, take on different types of games. Yes. Don't do the same like I do racing games in you know back to back to back to back. It's like no, like do a racing game. Even I think go even if you think that that game. is like your thing. Yeah. You go, know. Go do a racing game, then go find, like, a match three game to do. Mm-hmm. You know? It doesn't have to be a big, like, you can still be, like, most of my work comes from racing games. I love it. But break it up with other projects. If you, all you, if do you is can. Games, I mean, it's hard. It's easier said than done as sure. well. Sure. But, like, try to diversify yourself. Yeah. Um, if you can't find jobs, then, you know, do a music project. Do mm-hmm. a something. You can You can find ways that are maybe not paying work but are work-related that can break up your, like, your consistency of what it is you do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just do the same kind of game inside and out, uh, recut some trailers. Yeah. Right? Like, this doesn't have to be something that goes out even. It's just, like, get yourself out of that exact... Because a lot of the, the people I read about talking about burnout is one of the things that really leads to it is the, the rote repetition of stuff. Mm-hmm. When and a lot of times that's the like you've got your you've you've got it down the process of how you do stuff and you've got this really slick you know awesome process and now you just do the process yeah and then a couple of months you're like your creative side is like I'm getting nothing out of this yeah right it's just rote process yeah so whatever you can do to like break it up and do something different like that will will help you mm-hmm. um. Keep your creative stuff creative. Yeah. Shouldn't become monotony. So, I mean, it's, it's the kind of stuff I like to do with when when new projects come along or even within the same project. You yeah. Know, like, oh, I'm I'm making building sounds now. I was mm-hmm. making movement sounds and now I'm making building sounds. Uh, I'm going to give myself just this set of sounds to make building sounds from. Or I'm only going to – I'm going to go in and find five plugins I haven't used in a year. Open those up, and those are the only plugins I'm allowed to use. Right, right, right. So that I'm not, like, going back to the same tools that I always, like, go back to. Yeah. And be like, you know what? I'm making buildings, decapitators, off the table. Yeah. I'm not allowed to use decapitator. Yeah. And it's like, all right, now I got I to think different because my crutch is gone. I think, I think it's something to focus on as well as don't beat yourself up for not having a system for everything. Yeah. Like I know we've prattled on about efficiency and yeah. and macros and stuff all the time but and I love them and I still but that's also a part of that can be creative too mm-hmm. is making those systems but I've something I've learned about myself in the past years that I can't stick to any system. 
Yeah. And I think I just have to accept that and just <laughs> go with whatever whatever system is working at this time, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, I've been trying to come up with a organizational system for myself for years. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, should I use Google Keep, Google Calendar, both, uh, Trello. Right now I'm using Keep, Calendar, Trello. <laughs> I'm using all three. Yeah. And Post-its. Yep. And it's working really well, but I've got a whiteboard that doesn't get used. I've got notepads all over the place that yep. don't get used. So rather than like beat myself up for not sticking to a organizational system, I'm just mm -hmm. being like, okay, this is working right now. As soon as it stops working, then yeah. I need to either go back to an old one or think of something new. I, I do that a lot, actually. Yeah. I, and I don't beat myself up about it. I actually enjoy trying out new organizational systems. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like, okay, this game, I've got, a, this is my big notebook. I'm going to write everything down. Like, all my notes for the game are going to go into this notebook, and that's where I'm going to keep, like, that's my Bible. Yeah. That's where everything goes in, and I'm going to, like, write stuff down and cross it off when I do it, and, like, that's the thing. Okay, and then I'm like, uh, that, that was fine. You know, that was cool. Okay, this game, I'm going to use Post-its. I'm going to write all my stuff on Post-its and put it along the front of my desk and, like, yeah. take them down every day and, like, change them and, like, okay, and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to go digital this time. I'm going to write everything down in, like, Keep or something. So, like, I'm constantly rifling through. And there's—I've never felt like I've found the perfect way. And yeah, I've, I think— I've certainly had no reason to switch at times other than I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to try this now. Right. That, yeah, like, I think we have to accept that we're not trying to turn ourselves into computers. Yeah. It's which I think I've been trying to do <laughs> for a long time, and I just have to be like, it's okay. You're not a robot. You're not going to become a robot. You can't do it. <laughs> yeah. You can't become a robot. Um, so one of the things I sort of like took out of some of the stuff I read was uh, to create to create a space that's exciting mm -hmm. to do your work in. And that can be a bunch of stuff. That leads back to like my talk of like lower lower the, the bar of entry on everything. You know, like have a mic set up all the time so that yes. you're ready to record. Like the more like it's it's about being efficient in a different way. Mm -hmm. It's not about like oh I've got my 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 macros and like you know I can output all my sound effects really great into the to get spreadsheet blah 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 blah. It's the like when you want to be creative, how many steps do you need to do to do that creative thing? Yeah. And the less steps that you have to do, the more exciting you are going to be like, "Oh, hey, I can do that thing because this synthesizer is already plugged right into my hardware and all I got to do is turn it on and I can start making crazy synth sounds because yeah, I have this idea. Yeah, just turn it up. Like, you know, I just turn up one thing, like turn up the dial and there it is. Yeah, yeah. Arm a track and it's there. Yeah. And the more you can set yourself up for that, the more you're going to be creative with all of the stuff you may have mm -hmm. at hand. Yeah. Versus you're going to get burned out when you're like, I got this great idea, but there's these 10 things I got to do before I can do that. And then you just go, Ugh. yeah. But that's just that's just like I all guess, your thoughts are shower thoughts. I guess I'll just look in a library again. Yeah. Everything like every great idea you have might as well be the three a.m. like great idea you had just before you fell asleep. Yeah, because it's just too much effort so, to pull so, it off. So take some time to like make your environment, you know, set it up, clean it up potentially. Mm -hmm. If a lot of times you can. A certain amount of mess bothers different people at different levels. Mm -hmm. And you're going to know that if you sit at your desk and there's that bad level of mess, yeah. you're just going to be like, Ugh, we'll clean it up. Yeah. Like, stop, spend a day just cleaning up everything so that it's like at a like your Zen level, you know? And that's going to be different. Some people are like, I'm fine with a certain amount of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I like a little bit of mess. I like stuff within 
hand reach of like, okay, I've got my pens and notebooks and yeah, yeah, mini yeah. synths and stuff. And I just want a certain amount of stuff that I can grab and fiddle with if I mm-hmm. want to. Totally pristine. I'd be, I'd be like, Ugh, I, I almost wish my workspace was like a, a dome suspended in front of me <laughs> because like desktop space is not. There's not enough. Yeah, I need, it needs to be floating. I'm building in a <laughs> studio. I'm gonna try and make this happen. You know what's weird? This is kind of. There's been this smell in my apartment. Maybe this is contributing to my whole thing. We've we've had a smell for the past maybe month, yeah. maybe longer Ooh. that has come and gone. It like it comes and goes. Yeah, and uh, I have a solution for it. It's not a useless story, but um, so we were like, man, are we just really dirty or what? Because we're kind of messy. Yeah, maybe the cat's barfed somewhere and we you can't just, find it. It's, and, it's, and and then there were like blooms of house flies. Yeah, and we're like, what the hell is with all these flies? Where are these coming from? Take out all the garbage. We hired a cleaner. Yeah, cleaner clean the apartment. Smell is back, and yeah. but we're like. It seems to be not here all the time. What's going on? Uh-huh. Um, and then yesterday, the flies are back. Like house flies in yeah. our apartment. And it's, it's just like, what the, what is, what is happening? So our building manager, our property manager came by um, and to ask us to move our car. Yeah. And I was like, I asked him if he could go check out, because there's sort of a storage, there's some weird area below our apartment. Yeah. That is not where people live. It's where, like, the water heater and stuff mm-hmm. is. But it's an old building. And um, and told him about the smell. Yeah. And and he, he's like, yeah, I'll go check it out right now. And he went and checked it out, and he was like, yeah. So there's a sink down there, and there's black fluid coming out of it. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and and this, this is a good joke. Good. I was pretty proud of this. I, yeah. I was like, are we over an ancient burial ground of some kind? <laughs> Um, so they're sending a plumber in tomorrow. He's going to fix it up. Yeah. But yeah, black fluid coming up out of, so out of prob- some scary sink and scary toilet. It's yeah. definitely scary down there. There's no yeah. windows. So obviously something was bubbling up and then bubbling back down and, and going away. Rotting and Yeah, yeah. So, so prob- the something smell would go with, away because it would go out for a while. And then, and then it's then it coming through the going. vents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nasty. Crazy. Haven't had people over in ages. Um, so check your scary basement sinks. Yeah. Uh, make sure that they're clean. Um, yeah, I mean, if they're be. haunted, there's probably nothing you can do. You can look into that. Uh, you know, whatever. Movies would tell you otherwise. <laughs> uh, I think I think you're supposed to go down there alone. Yeah. Um, Need George C. Scott to come and be fearless. Um, so, so clean up your shit. Clean up your shit. Uh, if and I think this is a big thing. Um, if especially when you're a freelancer. Get out from working alone. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the creative stuff, I one of the creative stuff things I read about was somebody was like, you know, they they were a designer or web or something like that, and they worked at home and it was getting too much and you know stuff was breaking down, mm-hmm. so they went to a co working space and they were just like reinvigorated because they were like idle conversation and like that humanity yeah. sort of like getting back. I so, think even the in- introverts among us. We don't was, we don't realize that we are social as social creatures yeah, as we are. Yeah, and that was that was something in a couple of articles we're saying that introverts are less likely to notice the 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 signs of burnout. Right. Because they're like they're well, like this is what I like. Else. Yeah. Yeah. When it's actually it's beyond what you like and getting to bad stages. Right. Right. Um. So it's all obviously a lot harder when we do sound 
mm-hmm. to go work with other people. Yeah. Um, but you can work on headphones at times. You can, like, get out and do, like, I'm going to go do all my paperwork on my computer at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. There's, like, stuff you can do that, like, you know, oh, I, I got some to re- stuff to record. I'm going to contact the other guy I know, and we'll organize, like, a play day of recording, mm-hmm. you know, and go record stuff together. Like, yeah, yeah. So I think it's important to try to, or there's meetup groups or whatever. Meetup like, groups. Do you consider something like Slack to be a social space? Or is that kind of a step removed? It's a step removed. It's it's better than nothing. Yeah. Like, I definitely wish there was as a much, as a big game audio virtual community when I was starting out as a freelancer. Right. As there is now. It would, totally would have helped. Mm-hmm. Helped me um, through stuff. Uh, so it's, it's better than nothing. And it's something. And there's definitely um, a good support group there. If you, you know... You can reach out to people. Uh, it's still not 100% like hanging out with real people. No. Yeah, it's not. So um, it can be a good distraction, but... Sometimes that's just going to exacerbate your burnout. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> so if it's, it's just yeah, distraction it's, that's there all the time, yeah, then you, um, you're going to get less work done. Right now, what's helping me the most is yeah. having a good productive day. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I think I had a couple days last week where I just... Worked all day and then hated what I did at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then was, like, pretty depressed about that. Um, yeah. But then over the weekend, I got a ton done. And now I feel pretty good. Yeah. So, but that's probably, that's probably like, falls into the proving your, working harder and proving <laughs> your, to prove yeah. yourself. Um, so I would say the biggest thing mm-hmm. that I found went, that went over, like, all the articles I was reading was turn off and take a break. Yeah. You know, set aside a day. Mm-hmm. Like, do not work seven days a week. You may, like, be like, it may fight every fiber of your being because you're like, I got so much work to do. But you need breaks. Humans need breaks. We are not designed mentally to work seven days a week at this point. Like, it's just, there's the few total type A personalities. Right. Like, sure, there's always the outliers. But the vast majority of us, you need a break. Right. You need to be like, Sunday, Sunday, I am not doing anything. I think and those that's breaks, okay. I never plan them. So all the, I'm glad you came to the table with solutions. Because <laughs> I'm bringing nothing. Um, my, I find my breaks force themselves upon me. Yep. Like, I'll just have a day where I just can't do anything. Right, which I think, I think that's actually bad. That is bad. Because that's that's the like you're getting to the burnout stage where you but can't do anything. But I'm just saying that that is evidence of what you were saying yeah. that humans need breaks. Right. My whole your like bo- your my whole psyche is like nope, we're breaking. Screw you. We're taking a break today. Yeah, we are not working today. Yeah. So I think if you set up like if you're a freelancer and you're you know you basically set your entire schedule and you've got all the time in the world to work potentially. Yeah. You set up one day, one day a week, maybe two. I mean, two is better. Two is great. But you set up time that is like this is the this is, you know, the non-working day, right? The, and and there was recommendations too, like turn off. Like if you're on Slack and Twitter, it's like no, no, you turn all of that off. You get away from the computer, and you just decompress, right? You know, you don't do what you're, you know, you do every day. Yeah. So, 
And oh, I think it's yeah. like I'm I'm guilty of it too of not taking enough vacation. Mm-hmm. Like I'm given vacation days and they're piling up. I still haven't used. I've never used up my vacation days when I've been at been at Clay. Oh, really? Um, and I should. I should be taking like yeah. those those breaks are good. Vacation days are awesome. Mentally, you know, to have, mm-hmm. like, and that's what it's for is to like recharge and, you know, get back to that that creative thing that you've got. Otherwise, you, you, there's only so many times you can go to the well before it dries up. Yeah. I'm just thinking in my Google Calendar right now and having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> right. I don't, have a, I don't have a day off planned till August. <laughs> and that's not a day off. That's just like the deadline of right. all the stuff which, I'm working on. In which case, things need to change. Yeah, I know. You need to put some days in there that are like, no, this is, this is day off. Yeah. And that's okay. And I'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, I will, you're not gonna... Well, part of me is hoping I just get something done fast enough that I can <laughs> shoehorn a day off in. For, uh, for <laughs> me, personally, I'm, I'm super deadline-oriented. Yeah. If I, if I have no deadline, I just, I just screw around. Right. And I'll keep working, but I'm just, I'm trying stuff, and I'm like, I, I know I don't have to, like, hit anything, so I can play with things and try stuff out. And so just, you could potentially tighten up the deadline. So, but if I give given a deadline, it's like, all right. It's on. It's on. Things are getting done, banging it out. Mm-hmm. You know, the other couple of weeks ago, uh, Jamie came up to me and he's like, I, you know, I got to get this stuff done. I'm, I'm going away, whatever. I can't remember why, but he was like, I need this, I need this speech stuff by the end of the day. And it was like five o'clock. I leave at six. Right. And I was like, all right, I'll get it done. Went in, recorded some stuff, edited it, you mastered it, bounced it out. It was like, I got it all done in an hour, like super quick. And he was like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, if you give me a deadline, I'm going to gonna hit it yeah gonna hit it hard yeah um if he had said i need this sometime next week i would have screwed around and tried some dumb stuff out and just piddled away Mm -hmm. probably still done it in the last hour (laughs) (laughs) so i think if you if you take your schedule and you put knock off those days Mm -hmm. these are not work days you'll adjust yeah i hope so I had made a pretty— But you have to be—I think the, the thing is you have to be hard about those days off. Yeah. Right? And not be like, oh, well, I'm just going to do a little work. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, I almost need lo- someone else to book him for me. You need to it's lock the accountability studio. thing. Um, yeah. And that's that's the tough part of being a freelancer is there's no one that's holding there's you accountable. There's always something to do. Yeah. There's, when you're when you're running a company or freelancing, yeah. there's— always something you need to be doing. If I, like, my to-do list is, I actually made myself, like, a system of stuff to, let me, this is actually, I think, pretty, I think it's actually pretty smart. Yeah. Um, let me pull it up. We can cut this out if we have to. My order of biz biz. Okay. So this is part of my, like, mental organization for what I need to do every day. Yeah. The things the things I feel like I've have been um, kind of failing at. Um, have been like making sure my clients know what's going on, mm-hmm. making sure M knows what she's doing, or my other contracts know what they're like. Have something to do, yeah. and that's kind of from a business perspective. Like, yeah, nobody should be sitting around, yeah, like waiting for you. Yeah. Um. So so here's so number one, make sure everybody has stuff to do. Yeah. Um. So like everybody should be working working if they can be. Mm-hmm. Um. Otherwise, especially if, like it's cruel to my contractors to not have them stuff <laughs> when they're like, I was expecting to have work this week. Yeah. Um, you told me. So make sure everybody everybody has stuff to do. Then make sure all my clients are up to date. Like, go through my client list and be like, 
when was the last time I talked to these people? Yeah. And, like, do they need an update? Or yeah. do they, so they can give me a deadline or, or whatever. Um, that's extremely valuable. Um, and I'm getting back to the burnout, not planning time off point here. Uh, and then three is content creation, start working on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then deliver it, send out your invoices. Uh, six, this is like, we're getting down into the, I haven't seen this territory for months and months. <laughs> Number six is like, go get more work. Yeah. Um, seven would be like other biz dev stuff, work on the website, deal with those things. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> I wrote this before we, before I was thinking about the podcast. Yeah. Eight. This is so sad. <laughs> Eight says, you will never get here, but if you do, take a day off. <laughs> so I might have to rearrange my order <laughs> of, to- my order of biz biz. <laughs> I might need to edit it Time so to, I don't uh, burst into flames. Time to move eight up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm here as an example of what not to do. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do, kids. Yeah. So that's that's the stuff I found out about that. Yeah. And to me, the biggest thing that struck home with me was take a break. Yeah. You know, I, like, and, I, and, and I had taken like, that in a minimal sense. Like, I take it, breaks during the day. Yeah. <laughs> But I think there's 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 the people talk about when you're doing creative stuff, it takes an hour to get into a creative mindset, um, and it's one of the things that's bad about working like an open work uh, office environment and stuff is that every time you get interrupted, it takes you an hour to get back into the creative headspace that, mm-hmm. that you were in. So interruptions are are killer. Yeah, and I think there's probably a similar thing for a like you know relaxation state of it takes you a certain amount of time to get into that. So it's like, you can't just be like, oh, I took 15 minutes, I'm good. Yeah. Like, that probably didn't really do anything. You re- Well, you also have to, and this is the hardest part for me, is that you have to really set yourself up to be in a comfortable place to take that yep. day off or that vacation. Yep. When I, like when I went to Cuba with my family last year, I was thinking about work almost the whole yeah. time. Yeah, um, that that turn because I didn't I didn't set myself up well enough. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that turn off I think is the other key thing, and I'm I'm horrible for that. Like, yeah. I, sure, I I take days off. I have weekends. You know, I don't work crazy hours, but I barely ever turn off. I'm I'm always on. I'm always on Slack on my phone on my computer. I'll be watching TV shows at home mm-hmm. with my laptop on my lap, like looking at what people are talking about on Slack. You know, so looking at work one, looking at the game audio one, like I'm still very much. Um, so I'm I'm bad at the turning off, and like yeah. when even when I go on vacation, I I it makes me nervous to be like without data on my phone while I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. Like it stresses me out not to know what's going on. Yeah, you know. Well, and that's but like we we probably kind of train people to do this to themselves to a certain extent as well, because. <laughs> You do have to be very on top of it, f- for in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think when you're trying to get in, you want to know, you want to sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, and if if you don't, then people think they judge you on that. So yeah. it's it's very hard. Yeah, and you don't want to miss anything. Yeah, like what if an opportunity came up or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's tough. It's I've been feeling more comfortable with being out of the loop. Yep, because I'm like we do good work. I don't need to know everything about the latest plugins. Yeah. 
Um, I'm confident with the stuff we do. Mm-hmm. So uh, that I've been ch- like that mental clutter I've been able to yeah, not worry good. about as much. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Cool. So let's knock out some questions. That's burnout. Yeah, that was burnout. No, very few solutions. Well, thanks, Matt, for so, bringing solutions. Yeah. I'll bring problems. <laughs> All right. So I managed to put out the call for questions yesterday. 24 hours. 24 hours of questions came in. So you can send us questions anytime as well, people. I'll probably forget about them. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, the, that's, that's the problem. Why, uh, that's why people have asked questions, like, and I've missed them right. on other podcasts. I just forget about them. That's a month later. I can't I can't keep track of it. It's like it right. has to be in, like, the 24 hours before we record, and then oh, okay. I can keep track of it. <laughs> Otherwise, I just, like, lose it. So I'm sorry to anyone who's asked me a question, like, after we recorded. Ask it again. Ask it to me on, like, ask.fm or just on right. Twitter, and I'll answer you. But how does that work anyway? Ask, ask FM. How does that work? You just make a page for yourself, yeah, and people ask you, just, you questions. You just make a page and go, "Hey, ask me questions." It's pretty cool. I've cool. I've been on there. I feel like I wouldn't get many questions, so um, I, I haven't signed up because I don't want the ego hit. Yeah, or the <laughs> anti ego hit when like nobody exactly. You're like, oh, nobody I'll asked ask, me anything. I'll ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we got a question from Jack. Okay, Jack. So, actually, we got two questions from Jack. Yeah. So, our friends asking us questions. Oh. You're all our friends. Um, favorite cheesy sound design? I have a... I thought I about this I, one. I, I was thinking about it. I didn't have I a I thought good, about this. Yeah, what do you got? Um, this isn't games. Yeah, that's cool. Hotwood American Summer? Yeah. Okay, you know that, like, porcelain glass breaking sound that you've heard a bajillion times, probably from one of the sound ideas libraries? Yeah. It's like you hear it over and over and over again. Yeah. There's an early scene. Paul Rudd, like, throws a plate or throws something off screen, and mm-hmm. it's that stupid, cheesy sound. And I was just like, ah, oh, God, that stupid sound. Yeah. But then it keeps happening. And they just keep- And no matter what he throws, <laughs> like, he'll throw, like, a squirrel or something. I think he throws, like, a child at some point. <laughs> and it makes that And sense. it makes that, that porcelain breaking sound. So uh-huh. funny. Um, and then uh, Maria Bamford's new show. That just popped on in Netflix, which is like a very surrealist humor thing. Mm-hmm. They do tons of cheesy, over-the-top sound effects that are like totally working for it. Yeah, as well. So it's usually in comedy. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't I can't think of actually right now mm-hmm. my favorite cheesy sound design. It's probably the same thing. It's probably, all of Deadly Premonition. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's probably that though. It's something like just overused <clears throat> to the point that it's funny again. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, that's, yeah. Uh, so, second question. I, I think this is more aimed at me than you, but yep. you have valid opinions. Uh, why modular slash outboard versus software? More fun. That's a large part of it. It's yeah. the it's the workflow of just getting your hands on things. It's going back to the creativity thing, like yeah. being in a creative space. I I find personally I can get more creative in certain ways with hardware than I can mousing around. Yeah. Right? So it's just being able to like plug in a bunch of cables and like put my hands on things. It's also easier like to take it's, a knob and turn it slow and faster and faster and faster and really fast and then crank it back yeah. down again. It's way easier to do that with a knob than a mouse. And the stuff that um, comes in with, like, guitar pedals and modular is 
there's a bunch of holes that you can plug cables into. Mm -hmm. You may not be the right holes, but you can still jam them in there and make it do things that are unexpected. And like software, you can't do that. Right. Like it, it has, somebody had to program what does all of these holes do and what can I plug into what? You know, I've got the um, the Moog uh, Model 15 iPad app, which is awesome. It's like a $10,000, $15,000 modular on my iPad for 30 bucks or whatever. That's like, pretty Whoa, cool. That's super cool. But when you grab an output, it lights up all of the inputs that you can go to. Right. Right, like you, you can't, can't make any mistakes. You can't, yeah, you can't jam stuff into things that aren't supposed to have things jammed into them. Right, which might be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So I like that, and I can just take anything and ram a signal into a guitar pedal, whether or not it's supposed to go through that guitar pedal or not. Yeah, maybe I don't want it to sound good, or maybe I'm like I want to take a control voltage and a gate signal or something and pass it through this guitar pedal and do stuff to it and then back into what it was supposed to do. And who knows what's that? I don't know what that's going to do. Maybe that's going to do something cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, just the, the creative aspects, like, to me, open up more stuff. I am totally not a sound purist. Mm -hmm. I think software synths sound great. They sound amazing. Mm -hmm. And at so the end of the day, fun. I'm crunching it all down and putting it into games, so... Whatever yeah, right. about the analog. It's all OGG in the end. Yeah. So whatever about the purest sound, sound wise, like it's just about the fun of like, yeah, grabbing knobs and twiddling. Right. All right, and now we move on to Twitter. Okay. Uh, all right, uh, Sean Boyle, Audiomancer, the Audiomancer, the Audiomancer, the Audiomancer. Um, this is definitely more you than me. Okay. Uh, how do you approach a client's audio asset list in terms of evaluating its accuracy, production timeline, and generating a bid? Okay. Well, I work in-house, so I don't. Well, the first thing you have to accept is that no matter what you say, it's not going to be accurate to the final product. Yeah. Unless it's a very small game or they're handing you a finished game. Right. Which they shouldn't be doing. <laughs> um... So, uh, for projects that do want a bid, like a flat rate or an asset-based rate, yeah, um, I tell them to give me a build, mm -hmm. or else send me video uh, video of gameplay of like basically everything that can happen in the game. Yeah, and then I go through and I do an audit very yeah. carefully. Um, I'll do like several passes a lot of the time. I get my spreadsheet going. Yep. I, I list everything I see that will need a sound, and then I group those into categories of like character sounds, ambiences, uh, UI, HUD, music. If we're doing music, dialogue. Um, if we need to do dialogue, I think that's it. Um, so many different ways to group sounds. But yeah, that's that's how I group them in a, in a spreadsheet. And the, depending on the scope of the game, it might just go on one page, but usually I'll do tabs mm -hmm. at the bottom of the spreadsheet. And then, if I'm doing, and you don't have to do it this way, there's tons of different ways to do game budgets. Um, but one that I found like was really agreeable for everyone involved yeah. was I would, uh, I would actually use a formula on the side that looked for a prefix mm -hmm. um, for like SFX, UI, um, Muse, MUS for music or something. Yeah. Um, and maybe I might have different rates for those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So it, internally, you sort of figure out, like, most of the time, ambiences take me about this long, so, so I should I'm going to charge this much for it. But a UI sound takes me about this long, like, so yeah. I can charge this amount, like... And I've learned, I'm not going to give anybody numbers. It's yeah. like, charge what you think you're worth. There's, like, you might make more than I will say, and I don't <laughs> think it should be standardized. Um, so you assign yourself a number that, so I, I, so this is how much I love spreadsheets, though. Yeah. So my formula is looking for that prefix, mm -hmm. and then for every instance of that prefix, it is multiplying it by the price. Yeah. And that's showing up in, like, another cell that yeah. basically there's a whole breakdown of what the costs are going to be. Mm -hmm. And, I, and the reason I do it that way, rather than just, like, counting them, um, is that means it's a dynamic spreadsheet. It's editable. Yeah. So that so then I can take the spreadsheet, give it to my client, and be and be like, here's my audit. This is what I think should go in the game. Yeah. Um, you can take out whatever you want according to your budget mm -hmm. or add stuff if you think things are missing yeah. that I missed. Um, and so that makes it very comfortable for your client to be like, if they're uncomfortable with the budget, they can just cut a bunch of stuff Yeah. Um, without having to, like, ask you to do your work for less. Mm -hmm. you, you, they can just, you know, realize that they're going to get less. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how I do it. I, I, I give it to them, and then and that's for piece rate jobs. I don't do jobs of that type that much anymore, though. Mm -hmm. I think the important thing in there is to... Um, not go by an ad an audio asset list that a dev has given you. Never. You need to audit the game yourself. Yeah. And it, and what they give you may be a starting point, mm -hmm. but it's it's not their area their area of expertise. Yeah. They may think they know everything that they need, but they've probably missed stuff. Yeah. And they probably put stuff in there that they don't need that they don't realize they don't need. I've seen that a lot when producers would be like, "We need X, Y, and Z," and be like, "No, you don't." Yeah. You don't need those things. <laughs> they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, because this is happening, and this is what's going. Like, oh, okay. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah you don't need to do that. That's taken care of already. Yeah, um, um, but a lot of the a lot of thing devs will not realize how much sounds need to be split up. Yeah. as well. Yeah, um, um, or or how much like sound can do like why they might need a bunch of different sounds for an event that is repetitive, but every time it happens, it means a different thing, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So so it's definitely a good starting point, but always generate your yeah. own audit, audit, audit. Audio, uh, audit of audio for it. So there's that. Uh, um, so, uh, Veal? Vile? I'm horrible with names, I'm sorry. Mr. Hartman? I could say his last name. Uh, so Veal Sound Design uh, asked, what makes uh, good paid libraries to you guys? How important is packaging name showcase? Also, I'd like to know the general thought process, your buying process when purchasing libraries. Cool. Um, he's with uh, Double Trouble Audio. Um, okay. Who makes sound libraries. So he's like, want some insight from the end user. That is us. That is us. And other people could tweet at him too. Yeah. Uh, so I would say the first thing, my general thought process when buying libraries is, do I need it? Yeah. Like right now, am I doing something that I need something I don't have? That's mm -hmm. generally when I go looking for libraries. Yeah. Is when I'm like, I'm, you know, I got a tank in the game. Oh, look at that. Yeah, it's this old thing. Like I don't have any good tank sounds. Yeah. And All right. Because the second thought process is, if I don't have it, yeah, if we're going through the flow chart. Yeah. Do I have it? No. Can I record it? Yeah. No. The answer has to be no before I'm going to go buy it. Yeah. I'll record it easily and quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's the, do I have it? Can I record it 
now. Within the time frame that I need the sound to be done by. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's certainly times that I'm like, oh, hey, I need this new ambience. Okay, I can schedule a recording trip next week, and that's totally okay. I don't need those sounds till after that, so I can do that. But if I was like, no, I need it tomorrow, I don't have time to go do an ambience recording trip. All right, I guess I better look for a library that has that ambience in it. And if I'm like, don't hit all those qualifications, my sort of last one is like, is it on sale? If it's on sale, I'll possibly do a like random buy of a library. Mm-hmm. Just be like, oh, yeah, that looks like a good library. Maybe I'll, I don't need it right now, but it's on sale. So maybe I'll need it later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was, what was the other parts of it? Packaging? Uh, so that's the, that's both of our processes are pretty close to the same. Yeah. Um, how important is packaging, name, showcase? Um, not that important. Showcase is important. Yes. I, I have to know I that. like good, like, graphics. Yeah, but I but mean, like, it's Frank. not, I'm not going to not buy it because I'm like, that's a cheesy drawing or, like, I don't like the font. Like the recordist's or, art is not. Yeah. Where the value is. No. Yeah. So, you know, like, oh, boom, I think looks nicer looks in their digital nice. packaging, but I don't I don't I don't care about that at the Tim end. Tim and uh Hissen Aurora makes he makes great videos. Mm-hmm. Those are really good. That to me falls under showcase, which yes. is important. Yeah. You need to I need to sh- to see what I'm gonna get. Yeah. So a video, a SoundCloud, like a good demo. Mm-hmm. Um give me, you know, show me the 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 PDF or the XML of all the metadata so I can like peruse through stuff. So a good showcase is way more important than like fancy graphics. Yeah. One thing I hate, I hate, a little aside, not not that many people do it with sound libraries, but synth guys do it all the time. The fake box, you'll see the graphics are like three-quarter views of a box. Like if you had bought it in real life, it would come in this box. Oh God! Okay, yeah, yeah. I hate those. Don't, oh, I don't. Don't don't give me a fake box. Why are you doing the fake box? It's never <laughs> going to be in a box. I didn't even thought of that. <laughs> it, it will never be in a box. It's true. <laughs> this is a this is a digital synth I'm buying. This is, those bother me. <laughs> uh, showcase is important. You know, name is like well, as long as it's you know, I mean, it can be a name I trust as far as a provider. As long as the name of the library is like well named, so that I know. Yeah, what I'm I think getting. the na- I don't get too creative with the names. I got to yeah. be able to find it. So, but searchability is very important. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that's what we have to say about libraries. Yeah. Um, scrolling. Okay. Uh, Barney Barney Aram, uh, who is Barney Aram one, on Twitter. Um, how important is location for getting indie gigs? This is definitely a question for you. Should you meet devs in person, or can everything be done remotely these days? Uh, you should meet people in person. Um, the work can be done remotely, but I recommend you meet people. I'm working on a few on one game. I've never met the devs for Fossil Echo. Yep. Yeah, where that's completely remote, and I've never met the programmer for Parkitect, but but uh, the artist is in town, and that's mm-hmm. who got me the job. So almost all my jobs. Or have been through, I have seen them, their faces. <laughs> yeah. Um, back when I was freelance, and even to now, almost all of my jobs have come through personal connections mm-hmm. of some kind. Well, that's always been my foot in the door. Um, when I was uh, a freelancer, 
I had a minority of work that was purely online people I never met. Yeah. Um, I did get it. I did get some, and that does exist. Mm-hmm. But any kind of personal connection you've got is definitely worth its weight in gold. Getting that work is going to be a lot easier by having them meet you and know they like you. Yeah. If you want to get a work, if you get a work, get a work. <laughs> you want to if you want to get a work. If you want to get a job solely online, yeah. You're going to have to do a lot more work to prove that you can do the job. Right. You can't you can't just, you know, be charismatic yeah. <laughs> and get the job. You yeah. have so maybe it's better, but like you're going to have to do a mock-up of the gameplay or send them how we like an example of how you yeah. might implement it or something. You can't just be like, hey, this is me, here's my reel. Mm-hmm. Very few people are going to give you a job if they just see your reel because they get that like a hundred times a day. Yeah. So, I mean, I even know people who are who meet people in person and are doing like custom reels mm-hmm. to like people to be like, hey, look at what I can do for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. The amount of work we did to get Night in the Woods was yeah. like, we You're did a lot me. of work yeah. to get that game. That one was solely online. I've met Alec before, but uh-huh. that, I didn't meet him like in person with anything to do with the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yes and no. <laughs> that's, that's the answer to that one. Yeah. Um, the George Vlad has asked, what are some SFX you constantly need and have trouble finding? Constantly need and have trouble finding? Yeah. Uh, the small sounds. That's why my hugest, li- my hugest personal library is all Foley stuff. Yeah. And quiet things, subtle sounds. Um, but there's a reason that those libraries don't exist. It's because most professionals are set up so that they can record them themselves, I think. Yeah. But I do know I think, people that would love to have those libraries. I think a lot of those things, to me, are just so personal to a gamer project mm-hmm. that it's really hard to make a generic, you know, like I had, I had, I could never find hand grabs right. when I was doing Mark of the Ninja because mm-hmm. I needed, he's climbing along pipes and I need hands grabbing pipes. And I was just like, that doesn't exist. Yeah. And what I needed out of that was a very specific thing. I'm not sure if, right. if some, I mean, you can do it. I just don't know how... If you're going to get the right pipe hand grabs for everybody. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that little stuff. Animals are hard. Yeah. They're like, animal libraries are extremely limited because they're really hard to record. Yeah. And they're expensive and difficult to record. Yeah. So, if you have access to any kind of animal that isn't a cat or a dog, Mm-hmm. Or even as a cat that will hiss for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And you can record it. Then go do that because there aren't any good cat hissing. No. Like not even just libraries, just sounds. Yeah. Like soul sounds. or But it, like a library would be great too. You could probably but I can't do, get my cats to hiss. You could probably do a pretty small cat hissing library and have it sell. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's no options. You do but library. You can't like, like abuse the cat to no. get the hisses either. You just have to find a very pissy cat. <laughs> It's like I keep I need to set up my one cat makes crazy sounds. Yeah. She's she doesn't leave the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um she's deaf only has one eye and is basically scared of life because everything surprises her. Right. If you were deaf and only had one eye, everything would surprise you too. Right. Uh so she mostly just lives in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. But she d- does this crazy weird meow. And I think it's because she's deaf that she's like being louder than she realizes. Right. She she can't hear herself. Yeah, yeah. Um 
I really want to set up. She just does it in the bedroom, and she wants to get our attention. So then, mm-hmm. you know, we go and see her because she's being loud. Uh, I want to set up, like, a shotgun aimed at the bed where she generally sits <laughs> with just, like, my recorder. Like, yeah. Because then I can, like, fire it into record while she's making sounds and not bother her. Right. And it's just something she does. Yeah. So I should capture it. Cause yeah, it's, totally. It's weird, weird sounds. Uh, Danny Kogan. Danny. Um The importance of audio education and how much it really matters is in today's day and age when all the info is available online. I think it comes down to personal discipline. Yeah. If you can teach yourself, if you have the discipline to teach it all to yourself, then fine. But if you think you need to go to school and have someone tell you to learn this stuff and give you assignments and and follow through, then I think education is great. But I also don't think many employers are being like, where'd you go to school? Mm-hmm. Although they're probably doing it more. Um, but I think it really all boils down to how is your real, can you display that you know your shit? Are you not an asshole? Yes. Um, my thoughts are uh, education in a large part, um, same thing comes down to are you self-disciplined to teach yourself or not? Mm-hmm. Most of us aren't. No. Let's be honest. Um, so there's that. If you can do it, that's great. Uh, the other thing I think an education gets you is built-in networking. You know, my break into game audio became because I ran back into somebody that I had gone to recording school with. Right, right, right. Right? Like, that's what got me my foot in the door. So I tell everybody who goes to school, like, keep in touch with everybody you go to school with Mm because that's your number one first wave networking is, like, everybody you went to school with. Everybody that's working for me right now went to VFS. Yeah. So that's a thing. So, So, yeah, it might not be directly related, but, like, it's, like, stuff like that comes into it. And if you are um, in North America, a degree means you can easily get a NAFTA visa. Ah, yeah, so that's if important. You're, if you're thinking of working internationally, mm-hmm. a degree can open borders for you. And it has nothing to do with the company and what they're even looking for. It just, like, the government wants to see this is the ch- the tick box they've like, we will give you a visa if you have a degree that is related to the job and a job. And okay. They, right? If you don't, then there's more hoops an employer has to go through to potentially get you a visa. Right. So think about that. Yeah. You know, I got I went to school for a certificate. I, it doesn't count. You know, you need, like, in some cases, it's a degree. Yeah. So Right, right, right. Think about things like that. Uh... Lewis Bean Audio uh, uh, said, be nice to hear how you go about planning and creating ambiences as well as implementation. Um, depends on the ambience. For me, it changes game to game. Yeah. Like, it's so different from every game of what how I'm approaching ambiences and what I'm trying yeah, to same. do with them. Totally. Especially when it comes to implementation. Yeah. Um, creating them might be a little more standard of, like, I make some loops, I make some one-shots. I, like, you know, what does the ambient area look like? What does it need to sound like? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, stand to me, standard, like, make a bunch of background stuff that sounds like a cool area but doesn't call too much attention to itself. Yeah. How you implement it, that's what gets tricky, and that's what's going to change game to game to game. Yeah, that's going to completely depend on perspective and stuff like that. Yeah, is it first person? Is it third person? Is it isometric? Is it top-down? Is it like all of that? Are you procedurally generating the or world? Or is it VR? Because VR ambiences are a whole other thing. Right. 
are you particularly generating the world or are you laying out the world? Mm -hmm. You know, all of that stuff radically changes. But if we're going to go down to something, things that I always do for ambiences is I always make sure I have like a very almost static bed. Yep. Like, like there should be nothing poking out of your bed ambience. There should never be like a bird call that cycles around every 30 seconds, you know? Yeah. If there's going to be birds in it, they should be, there should be lots of them, and it should be almost kind of a white noise thing happening. Yeah. There shouldn't be, like, one door closing every 30 seconds. Basically, yeah. you want it. The ambience should be such that you cannot hear it looping. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are fancier ways to do that, too, if you're, yeah. like, fading ambiences into other ambiences to, like, make the loop even more complicated. But Yeah, if you can do multiple beds. But that's something I do for every ambience no matter what game yeah. it's going into. And then anything, like, then all your specifics, they're going to be one-shot sounds implemented separately. But how they're implemented, where they're implemented, that's all going to change, depending on the game. We're coming down to the end. A couple more. Um, Adam Adam Croft, down in Seattle, asked, if you were stuck on an island with only one plug-in, what would you want with you? Ooh. Just a plug-in. Just one. You've got a DAW. What? No DAW. We have a DAW. <laughs> you have a DAW. <laughs> Otherwise, RX. Yeah. That would be like... Can I eat the plug-in? <laughs> You've got a computer. The sausage plug-in. And, what and is it power, called? power uh, on a microphone, an interface. You've got a DAW with no stock plugins. One plug-in. There are a couple cheaty plugins I could say I want it. I was going to say Reactor. Is yeah, my, Reactor, because like, there's a million plugins you can put in it. Is my cheaty plugin, for That's sure. That's my cheaty one. Um, or Contact. Uh, but my non-cheaty one is, I think I would say HEQ. Yeah? Because it's a quite a powerful EQ, and it's emulating a whole bunch of analog stuff, so you mm-hmm. can actually get into distortion territories right. with it. Um, so you can kind of make it, not in a cheaty way, but you can make it do a lot, a lot of stuff. I would pick that over, like, normally I, I used, you know, Fab Filter Pro Q2 as my EQ. Right. But I would pick HEQ as my, like, because it kind of gets some distortion along with my EQ. Right. I was thinking, like, what is the one I would have the most fun with? And it would probably still be Saturn. Yep. Yeah. If I'm being non-cheaty. Because there's just so much to be explored in that plugin. Yeah. You can feed things into into things and get so many different things happening on so yeah. many different frequency bands and stuff. I feel it's like there's one. a lot of fun to be had with that. Yeah. Even if you don't have any input. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty good zero input plugin. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, there you go. No, I feel like no surprises there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rob from RB Sound Design. This is a good one. This is a good. This is last. This is the last one. This is good. This is a good ender. Ender. Okay. Advice for improving your sound design and evolving your skills beyond editing and supporting a narrative through sound, etc. Hmm. Evolving it. I don't know if there's any way to force yourself to evolve, um, other than to keep trying new things, listen to what other people have done, but not too hard, and then like. You steal things, <laughs> but not. But you don't wholly you steal, steal them. You, you steal know? techniques, and yeah. when you steal, anytime you but steal, steal them, them wrong. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Every time you steal a technique, you never quite get it right of what the other person did. So yeah. it now you know it changes a bit. Um, I think 
you can sort of force yourself a bit to evolve by um, forcing yourself to work certain ways. Mm-hmm. So that if you're like, all I do is cut sound effects and like lay them in. All right, well, now you have to EQ everything or with a certain EQ. Yeah. Or you have to use this compressor. Yeah, giving yourself restraints is important. Yeah. And yeah. I think then you learn how to push against those restraints mm-hmm. and to do different stuff. So so that's how you, you know, learn how to start combining stuff. And, and the other th- stuff is like, you know, give yourself a sample set to work mm-hmm. from. Like a limited sample set. You can't just use everything, you know. And I know tons of guys who do that. I remember seeing a talk um, uh, from one of the guys that did sound effects on Lord of the Rings when I was at EA. And he was all like, I'm going to do this project. I'm going to, I'm not going to use lion sounds. Like that was, he, he challenged himself. Right, right. On every David, project. Wh- David Whitehead? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So every project he did, he challenged himself to do something new. So like, that's to me how you evolve yourself. Just on a working front. Like, you know, you just keep, give yourself some dumb thing that's like, all right, this is the rule for this one. I'm going to use this on everything or not use that or. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and I think how you get better about supporting like narrative and world of the game kind you of stuff. You just have to ask yourself is like when you're doing things, does this support? Yeah. Uh, to me, it's like you want to do, it's less sound what's on the screen, mm-hmm. right? Let Stop just going, there's a footstep. Okay, I'll put in a footstep. And think about what is that footstep doing? Mm-hmm. Like when you start thinking about what the point of something is mm-hmm. and what like the emotional content of it is supposed to be. And I mean, yeah, you can get like what's the emotional content of the footsteps in this scene and everyone will think you're crazy yeah. other, other than other sound people. But it can add to it. It can, like, when you're thinking that way, you have to just put that at the forefront unless I'm sounding what's showing on the screen. Yeah, totally. I think that's, to me, the, like... Yeah, we had an example of that today. Like, so, Fantastic Contraption, there are the shelves in the save world. When you flip the shelves, all the contraptions that other people have built, Mm -hmm. they they spawn out of the shelf. They kind of pop up. And... I was like, we just need a contraption spawn sound. Yeah. Um, but then when I was making the video, I was like, wait a minute. If your contraptions have will have a different colored base, mm-hmm. depending on whether you cheated, whether you cheated a little bit, <laughs> whether you didn't complete the puzzle, whether you completed the puzzle, or whether you completed the puzzle friggin' awesome. Yeah. Um, so I was like, they shouldn't all be the same spawn sound. Right. So, so what M's going to do is... And also, there's no music in the game. Yeah. So your cheaty bass is going to sound like thuddy and bad, but yeah. it's also going to have a note. So everything's going to be in this in the C scale, mm-hmm. um, and they're all going to be characterized like the color of the bass. So yeah. so it'll be like a thuddy, low, lame yeah. bass note, and then they'll they'll slowly work their way up, both harmonically and just like in shimmeriness for mm-hmm. how how great you did. And that, so then we've made, we've gone from a space filler sound yeah. that's doing nothing for the game, not yeah. telling the story. There's no story, but, you know, yeah. helping support the, what is the narrative of the, which is just the feeling of Fantastic Contraption. And now when you flip a shelf, or once it's implemented, I think tomorrow we'll have it done, mm-hmm. you flip a shelf and you get a little song. Like, so, how much cooler is that? I think the kind of, like, 
breaking it down. The story is what are all the things I've collected. Mm-hmm. Like these are all the levels I've collected from from other people. Yeah. So that's to me that's the story. Like, or that you've done yourself. Right. So right. this is this is this is the story of all the things I've saved mm-hmm. wherever I got them from. But like these are the things the things I've saved. So when you flip it, that musical flourish that is created by my unique set of things I've saved mm-hmm. tells me a story. Yeah, totally. So yeah, just kind of that overthink things. <laughs> yeah, overthink everything. If you and hopefully you have saved yourself some time. Yep. <laughs> Um, that was it. Okay. We're done. We're done. Don't burn out, everybody. Don't burn out. Um, yeah. Burned out of these podcasts. Just nothing but podcasts all the all day, every day, this forever. Is what, this, is, this is why we only do one this a month. This is all I can see in the Because if I did more than one a month, I'd burn out on these. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. See you next month. Bye.